This is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW. Good afternoon and welcome to Vancouver Consumer. I'm Sterling Fox and in just a few moments, Jennifer McCracken, Senior Manager and Licensed Insolvency Trustee with BDO First Call Debt Solutions will join us to talk about organizing a debt relief program and how being the bank of mom and dad can lead to some serious issues if you're not set up properly going in. In our second hour, John Carlson returns with a fresh look at Metro Vancouver real estate and more on the 1% Realty Store. But first, here are some of the top consumer stories we're following this week. One in five deaths globally are linked to poor diet, according to a new study that came out on Thursday, warning that overconsumption of sugar, salt, and meat is killing millions of people every year. The UN estimates that nearly a billion people worldwide are malnourished, while nearly two billion are overnourished. But the latest study on global diet trends published in The Lancet showed that in nearly every one of the 195 countries surveyed, people were eating too much of the wrong types of food and consuming worryingly low levels of healthier stuff. For example, the world on average consumes more than 10 times the recommended amount of sugar-sweetened beverages and 86% more sodium per person than is considered safe. The study also cautioned too many of us are eating far too few whole grains, fruit, nuts, and seeds to maintain a healthy lifestyle. Of the 11 million deaths attributed to poor diet, by far the largest killer, cardiovascular disease, which is often caused or worsened by obesity. Quote, this study confirms what many have thought for years, that poor diet is responsible for more deaths than any other risk factor in the world, say the researchers, adding, this gives us good evidence of what to target to improve diets, and therefore health, at the global and national level. The lack of fruit, vegetables, and whole grains in diets across the world, very important. But the other dietary factor heightened by this study is the high intake of sodium. And while we're onto a healthy outlook for a moment, Here's another big study which reveals gym intimidation is real. What? One out of every two people interviewed said they were intimidated by the thought of working out at a gym. When it comes to intimidation, it's not just in the gym where this feeling is prevalent. Either 36% reveal that running outside is more intimidating than starting an exercise routine. Of the people who have conquered their fears, almost half, 47%, still admit to having feelings of intimidation while at the gym. And it turns out that a third of those who experience intimidation at the gym do so when they're exercising near someone who is extremely fit. Another 17% experience intimidation when exercising in front of the opposite sex, while a further 15% experience intimidation during their actual exercise routine. And this is weird. 37% of those who have never worked out think they are too unhealthy to even start exercising. So even going to a yoga class, by the way, was thought to be intimidating by over a third of the people surveyed. The big reason beyond feeling intimidated for many who've stopped their exercise programs is too slow results. People expect to see big changes when they start working out and become discouraged and disappointed and then quit. 
Lots to think about, but the experts insist it's critical to take a long-term approach to fitness and working out. It'll help you get over some of those psychological bumps, too. Hey, a Montreal couple got a double dose of good fortune after they found a million-dollar lottery ticket in an old book 48 hours before the deadline to claim. Nicole and Roger Larocque's golden ticket was drawn last April 5th, which left the pair just a couple of days to collect their jackpot prize. They bought the $100 ultimate ticket last year for Valentine's Day. Uh, Nicole says, rather than flowers or chocolate for Valentine's Day, we went to Casino de Montréal with friends, and we bought ourselves a lottery ticket. But it was only last week when looking for things for her grandson, she found the ticket in a book where she'd put it months earlier, adding, if my grandson hadn't asked me to lend him some things for his presentation, I would have never found the ticket on time. Nicole and Roger plan to use their winnings to spoil their five boys and grandchildren and maybe buy a new vehicle. Oh, I'll bet they will. If prizes are not won or claimed, they are paid into the prize pool, which is used to offer bonus prizes. Check those old tickets. You just never know what you may be sitting on. And by the way, there was one winning ticket for the $55 million jackpot in last night's Lotto Max draw. It was sold, uh, I'm, I'm afraid it was sold in the Oshawa, Ontario area. Hope you know them. There were also eight Max Million prices of a million each up for grabs. Two of them were claimed, one in Ontario and the other in the Maritimes. The jackpot for the next Lotto Max draw next Friday will be approximately $16 million. Those are some more of the top consumer stories we're following this week. Well, have even more as the show goes along. But coming right up, we welcome back Jennifer McCracken from BDO First Call Debt Solutions here today to answer your questions and help organize a debt relief program, a path to sanity in turbulent financial times. Stay with us. You're listening to Vancouver Consumer, and this is CKNW. Welcome back to the program on this cloudy Saturday afternoon. I'm Sterling Fox. It is a real pleasure to welcome Jennifer McCracken back to Vancouver Consumer. Ms. McCracken is a senior manager and licensed insolvency trustee with BDO First Call Debt Solutions here in Vancouver and hasn't been with us for about a year. It's nice to see you again. Thank you for having me. Well, it's good to see you. And uh, tell us a little bit about BDO First Call, and then we'll zoom in on this bank of mom and dad business. Absolutely. So BDO First Call Debt Solutions is one of Canada's longest and uh, largest uh, debt solution companies. And we're well-equipped to provide Canadians with options to deal with their debt. And uh, we're really proud of our active involvement in communities. And we care about uh, the financial wellness of Canadians. And uh, we understand that debt is something that is really a multifaceted issue. There's life challenges associated with having debt and being in debt. And there's a lot of emotions and it's a very stressful time. So mm-hmm. uh, we're, it's really, we're proud to be able to say that we've assisted thousands of Canadians in finding those solutions. And uh, we appreciate what a sensitive and difficult time it is and really how transformative it is to be debt-free or be on a path to be debt-free. And, and it's just great for us to accompany people on that journey. Well, you've got to be busy, you and your colleagues you in, and your insolvency trustee types over there at BDO First Call because, my gosh, all of the reports about the levels of personal and household debt being carried by the Canadians well into the trillions, mm-hmm. Jennifer, the amount of debt we carry mm-hmm. is actually larger than the Canadian economy. 
So some yeah. of us aren't doing so well. And it's one of those those stats we should, you know, Canada's number one, but it's in, in carrying debt. And so certainly that is really a, a concern. And debt is, is the highest amongst 18 to 35-year-olds. Really? Got, yeah, we've got really high levels of debt. Um, and the Gen Xers, uh, they, they carry record levels of debt as well. So it's, I, but I would say in my practice, we do see that it is something that uh, really any any age, any generation mm-hmm. does face it. So uh, we we see it from folks that are in their 20s versus, I mean, I have clients in my 80s. So um, it really does span across generations. And that kind of goes back to the fact that having debt, you know, there's not one type of person that finds himself in debt. Every every story is unique. Everybody is unique, how their journey and how they got there. And um, it, it is scary, though, to think how high the, the levels of debt are in Canada in the sense that um, we don't want folks retiring with debt. Sure. Uh, we, we're seeing And that young we are seeing, starting to see on a fairly regular basis. Absolutely. And we're seeing uh, people putting off milestones, major life milestones, because they're dealing with debt, whether it's student debt or unsecured debt they've incurred while they're in school. So it might not say student loan, but it's, sure. it's just debt with high interest debt that they're, they're working towards paying off. And so it, it does impact young people, it impacts families that are raising children, then it impacts seniors. So it's it really is an issue that when we see that record level, we have to understand it, there, nobody in Canada is immune to this. Mm-hmm. And um, we've got to find solutions to to help people pay off their debt, pay down their debt, or, or look through options like what I have through consumer proposal or bankruptcy. Sure. Um, and also the preventative uh, steps we can take. So teaching financial literacy and and uh, teaching um, our kids to how they can avoid debt and, and be financially sound. Yeah, I've used the word organize a few times mm-hmm. already. And that's a big part of remedying a messy situation, isn't it? It is. And, you know, you have to take stock. So when I, you know, you probably would surprise you, but I will meet people and, and some people will balk at my question. I'll say, well, do you know who you owe money to and how much you owe? And a lot of folks won't know. No, because the, the, the envelopes come in and they just throw them into the garbage. I don't want to see that anymore. I'm in deep trouble. I don't even want to know how deep. Precisely. And so that sounds Isn't that strange. Sh- it but does they sound do. shocking, but it's true that yeah. you don't know. And there's there's other variety of reasons why people don't know, but you're right. So getting organized is taking stock of who do I owe, how much do I owe, what is my income? Again, a question of what is your take home pay? A lot of folks don't even know that. And and it's just it's that idea that to find a solution to your financial situation, whether you're building a savings plan or whether you're paying down your debt, you got to sit down and look at the numbers. So what amount of income is coming into the household? What are our expenses? And so that would include debt payments. Mm-hmm. What are our financial goals, whether it's retirement savings or vacation savings? And that's how you, the first step to organizing yourself. And then you got to set the plan and stick to it, obviously. Sure. Now, uh, we're going to move to the bank of mom and dad in a second, but I must tell you, I'm a little surprised to learn today that millennials... Mm-hmm. Um, among us are the most mm-hmm. in debt, the 18 to 34-year-olds. Mm-hmm. Now, Jennifer, is that a result of student debt or just way too easy to get a credit card on your first day of college? You know, I would say probably it's a combination. Certainly, you know, we conducted a poll uh, for student debt uh, at BDO, and we found on average that Canadian students, when they graduate, report that they have about $25,000 of student loon debt. Okay, that Parent- sounds pretty typical. It does. I mean, parenthetically, I would say that that 
number appears low to me just in my practice. And I don't know if it's just because schools are the tuitions higher here in BC. I'm not sure. But certainly in my practice, generally students have higher levels of debt than 25000 wow, So I think okay. that's a big, uh, important piece to it. And then, yeah, I think it's the accessibility of credit and uh, the availability of credit and the fact that, uh, you know, once you start getting out of debt, it, it becomes a bit of a cycle. So once you've incurred the debt and if it's high interest, it's very difficult to pay down. So a marker that the listeners could think about is if they're spending more than 20% of their net income on servicing debt, then that could be a sign that they're in financial difficulty or just teetering towards financial difficulty. If if there was a change such as job loss, illness, mm-hmm. reduction of income, not even just job loss, but just change in employment, they could find themselves in, in a bit of a more crippling or, or stressful financial situation just from that little change. Well, you know, and we've you're, you've got a, an RBC a poll to talk about and, mm-hmm. and your own BDO student loan poll from which you're quoting already. But we also know from a number of of, uh, pollsters recently that there are a disturbingly high number of Canadian households that are literally one paycheck Mm -hmm. away from financial chaos. Mm -hmm. That's uh, that's not much of a barrier between you and stepping off the cliff now, is it? No, it isn't. And when you think about the fact that we carry record levels of debt in Canada, that statistic is actually really not very surprising. Because if we do have record levels of debt, of course, yes, we generally are living paycheck to paycheck. Mm-hmm. We really are one paycheck away. And the, the reason for that is that when you're in debt, it's difficult to, first of all, it's difficult to pay down debt if they have high interest rates. Secondly, it's difficult to save. It's difficult to set aside money so that, so if you're living paycheck to paycheck, that tells me there's no savings, there's no emergency fund. And that's why there's this precarious feeling sure. that we're just one paycheck away from, you know, from a collector at the door type thing. Absolutely. And so then, so you absolutely agree with the polls and, yes, and it's a yeah. disturbingly high percentage too, isn't it? It is. And it gives you a sense of how stressful it is for individuals. So whether we're talking about millennials or Gen Xers or whomever, the mm-hmm. baby boomers, if we're feeling this way, that is a very stressful way to live because there's a sense of, of um, feeling uncertain about tomorrow, about not being able to meet your financial goals. And it, that those are the folks that I meet and we can see how much stress that situation can cause in their lives. Yeah, you mentioned baby boomers and that is mm-hmm. the subject of a lot of what we're going to talk <clears> about today. We live in Canada's most expensive expensive city and municipal district, the whole greater Vancouver regional district area, the lower mainland, nothing in Canada costs more in terms of housing. Uh, and for those young people trying to get into the housing game, just to get a foot inside the blinking door is just beyond their uh, their ability. Mm-hmm. In many, many cases, they just flat out can't afford to live in Vancouver, period. And we're starting to see young people leaving because of that. But yes. those of us who are who have our children here, who want to see them stay here, and who want to help them get that important leg up into you know life's journey and get that first uh, dwelling of their own, that's when we become approached and we can become the bank of mom and dad. This is all. It's I mean, it's, it's to, you have children, so do mm-hmm. I. It's a totally normal human reaction to want to help your children. And to see them do well. But you can really put yourself at extreme risk in the process of the highest motivations. I want to do well for my children. But, Jennifer, let's talk about the buts. Mm -hmm. Because there are perils or pitfalls 
to helping your children in uh, and being the bank of mom and dad. Absolutely. And you're precisely right on the housing market. So whether you're buying, you know, the average home price in the lower mainland is a million dollars yeah. for condos at 670000 So if you're already carrying a mortgage to take on that amount of debt, whether you're co-signing, uh, if there's risk to you, if you're, you're going to be a co-signer or actually take on the mortgage, that's a huge amount of money to add to your regular, to your income in terms of, or your expenses rather in terms of servicing debt. Sure. And, you know, so you have to think about that, but also it's even just rental prices. The average rental price for Vancouver for a one bedroom is, is $2,100. Mm-hmm. And you're right. So people are moving because they're saying, look, if, if we're, we're entering the workforce and we're starting at generally, we start at a lower income and build up our salaries course, over the yeah. course of our career. It's very difficult to save for a down payment on a home if all of your money is going towards to your living. housing costs. Right. You still have all your other expenses. And I think, you know, the other thing to think about is that we're seeing this trend across the country that it, whether it's, you know, Vancouver is probably the most exp- uh, expensive market for yep. real estate or rentals. Yep, Toronto, number two. Number two, that's right. Yep. And so the other thing is that when you look at the stats, like in 2018, there was a poll that was done um, that found that out of new home purchases, one quarter of those purchases, there were down payments put toward put on for the purchase of the home by family. By family. So right. it's back in the day, of course, we were saving and you provided your own down payment. Those There's surveys that are showing the change in the market that, yes, a lot of the down payments are actually being provided for by family. Mm-hmm. So we're seeing it. Like it, it really, there is a significant impact. So the difference though, Jennifer, between uh, offering uh, your son or daughter uh, a cash, a lump cash sum to help you get uh, to get the first address done. And here you go, Junior. Here's a check. You know, ha- you know. Congratulations on your wedding. Here, we'd love to help you two kids get started, et cetera, et cetera. Here's a big fat check. Now that's one thing. But if you end up guaranteeing the mortgage, becoming on title, uh, in a sense, part owner of that property, you're in a whole different risk category, then, aren't you? Oh, absolutely. So to answer the first part of your question, yes. So if you're going to give money as a loan or a gift for a down payment to your child, so they're a first-time home buyer, you do need to think about whether Junior can actually afford the mortgage payments because Mm -hmm. you're also putting him or her at risk if there's a future default and he or she's not able to maintain those payments. So we have to ask ourselves, you know, can my child, I have this money saved, but can he afford to, to serve. And there's also not just the mortgage. Let's keep in mind there's other maintenance costs. Of course. If it's a condo, there could be strategies. Absolutely. And so it, home insurance, all of this stuff. So we want to really think through before we give that financial gift, does it make sense? And then you're right. And, and I certainly encourage, uh, and I see it a lot in my practice, and I encourage my clients to think through the risk of whether it's signing on for a mortgage, taking on the responsibilities of home ownership, even if your child's going to live there, and you think you can trust the child and he or she'll maintain the house. Um, there's risk with that. And any time you take on debt, either in your own name or co-signing or, or being a co-borrower on an account, there is risk that you will become responsible to pay it. And I cannot even tell you how often it is in my practice that I meet individuals that will tell me, well, here's my list of my dads. This one account here, my dad signed on with me or my mom did. It's very, very common. Wow. And I, so I definitely caution uh, the kids out there that are asking their parents to think about it before they ask and what the risk is. And then also for parents to think through whether it makes sense they sign on those accounts. Jennifer McCracken is back with us from BDO uh, First Call Debt Solutions. By the way, the website is a good one too, debtsolutions.bdo.ca. Check it out while we take a break for the news and then we're back with lots more. We'll give you the phone number and open up the lines on Vancouver Consumer here on CKNW.
Welcome back to Vancouver Consumer. I'm Sterling Fox in conversation with Jennifer McCracken, Senior Manager and Licensed Insolvency Trustee with BDO First Call Debt Solutions. And it's just a pleasure. Jennifer hasn't been on the program for a year. We're just sitting here during the news. Just it's old home week. <laughs> Having a great chat. If you'd like to join the conversation, if you have a question, if you're if you are the bank of mom and dad and feeling a little insecure about what you may have signed up for. Uh, the lines are open 604-280-9898. 604-280-9898. Jennifer, you had a number. Mm-hmm. Uh, this uh, You're quoting this time, not your poll, but this one was an RBC financial family thing. Mm-hmm. Tell us the number. This is an astonishing number. It is. So uh, Canadians are reporting, 95% are reporting that they are pro- providing financial support to their adult children. And by adult children, we mean individuals between the age of 18 and 35. Wow. Now, a lot of those children, and we put that in quotes, of course, after you're 18, you're hardly a child, even if you continue to insist on behaving like one. Uh, <laughs> nonetheless, uh, a lot of those are students. Uh, and they're still in school and, um, you know, don't have all the money in the world. And that's understandable. But they're not all students, are they? Exactly. Because when they were, as part of the poll, they questioned what types of expenses that they're they're providing that support for. And it was for things, it was for education, but it included things like groceries, rent, cell phone bills. So clearly, um, these are these are probably individuals that are, are working and in the workforce. It's not all solely related to education. BC had the highest amount that was reported. So on average, folks in BC reported that they were spending $7,000 a year towards their adult children and helping them with their expenses. That's about 600 months, month, isn't it? It is. Yeah. And so that is something that certainly gives me pause because I think about where those parents are at in their financial goals. And it is a concern for me in the sense that it is probably impacting their retirement plans. They could be dipping into retirement savings yes. or it could be delaying when they plan to retire. So all of that is a concern. I mean, it's probably a bit of a laugh to think about Freedom 55. I mean, nobody retires at 55 now, but uh, really, I mean, if you had a plan to retire at 65 and you're liquidating about seven grand a year from a savings fund, mm-hmm. well, you're probably working past that that age that you set for yourself because there's the money has to be there. And I see it a lot in my practice. I see a lot of folks that are in their 60s and 70s still working. So uh, I, I just want people to think about if they're providing that financial support to really sit down and think about what the impact is or even see a financial planner. Think through what is the impact if I continue to provide this support. And your adult child may not also realize the impact that that's having on your finances. And some so, parents are kind of embarrassed to go, listen, yeah. I'd love to help you out here, Junior, but you know, I can't quite afford to. I can go go this far and we'd be delighted to, but I don't have that kind of money available to just plunk down in your lap and say, off you go. I'd love to, but you know, parents don't want to say that. They, they don't want and to they, say no. They don't, and they also don't want to, frankly, be caught mm-hmm. being less than perfect. Yeah, And, they and want if to your kids think you have all kids. the money in the world and you're just, you've been out, well, yeah, he's been working for that company for 40 years. My God, he must be making millions. <laughs> and you know, that's all they know. And so if you don't have those kinds of money chats, real money chats, then it's all just a blur. And so the kids will go, wow, yeah, yeah, well, mom and dad would be good for 100K, no problem. And I think that's the risk. I think that the kids don't, there's not that open dialogue. And so we do encourage the family meetings. We do encourage saying, what are our current finances? What are our debt obligations? What are our retirement plans? Mm -hmm. And for the adult children, what are their finances? How are they doing at sticking to a budget? Those are all really important discussions if you're finding that you're lending a lot of money on a regular basis to your adult kids. I mean, the 
only other po- point I would make is that there are actual circumstances that certainly warrant, you know, if you think about your adult child's in the middle of going through a marital separation mm-hmm. or a divorce, there's an illness, there's a loss of income. Obviously, there's times where you are going to jump in. Uh, they tend to be more a life challenge type moment. Sure. And that's that's fair and fine. And obviously, there's also ways you can support your children in those events that don't require opening up your pocketbook. So it can be looking after grandchildren so that there's a savings in childcare. It sure. could be temporarily residing in the same house mm-hmm. to get to get people back on their feet and a little bit of money saved so that they can go out and rent on their own. So I just want people to think through whatever circumstance they're in, because everybody's unique, everyone's life is different, but you do want to sit down and have that, you hit on it, the dialogue, the discussion, the open conversation about it. Because if we're, we're, if I'm operating on a completely different plane and wavelength than you, I mean, that's where you find your child gets into financial difficulty or you yourself are in financial difficulty. And further to that, Jennifer, how important might it be once you've had this discussion about, well, so you you would like us to help you buy your first home and we're only capable of this much, but if you'd like that, you're welcome to it, et cetera, et cetera, uh, even though they're disappointed because you didn't solve all their problems at once. Nonetheless, you're going to cough up some dough. And uh, if there are no expectations here, take the money and see ya. Mm -hmm. But if there are some explanations or expectations rather, why wouldn't that be written down in some form of contract or under memo of understanding so all parties, when life gets in the way and things come by that just were not in the script, when that happens, at least there's, there's a square one to begin from again. And, and we recommend that, obviously, probably from a legal standpoint, it's important. But also, uh, it teaches, if it's a younger child, so somebody who's like in their early 20s, for instance, they may not have a lot of experience about borrowing money, their loan payments. And so teaching them that, well, this is the amount that you've borrowed, right? This is what we're lending you. These are the payment terms, the monthly payments that we expect you to make. They are going to learn a lot from that experience. Because if they do go on to to do have car loans or other financial contracts, those are the building blocks. They need that foundation. Sure. And so definitely we do recommend that folks that are, it can be a learning lesson for the child. If, if that's the first loan they're taking out, to have it as a teaching moment. And, and as you say, document it. And, um, and make, obviously make sure, make sure the child's accountable to making those payments as well. Let's take a look at what happens when, the, when none of these things are done and trouble is the result. And the wolf is at the door. You're getting calls. You're getting letters. You are hounded beyond even your own uh, beliefs. And uh, you're in trouble. You're, you're definitely behind the eight ball. And it's time to sit down with a pro. You heard that nice woman on CKNW at BDO First Call Debt Solutions. I'm going to call Jennifer. And we'll give you we'll give you Jennifer's number in a couple of minutes. <laughs> but you know, when when it comes to that uh, time, a lot of people panic, Jennifer, and they call you because they're faced with this wall of debt, and they see it. Well, I'm cooked now. I've and I've done it myself. I'm the only person responsible for this, but I am in such a hole that the only way out that I can see is bankruptcy. And you're probably one of the first people to go, well, maybe not, mm-hmm. right? Because that's not the only option, is it? That's right. So as a licensed insolvency trustee, we will review all options that are available. And we definitely encourage people to seek out advice when they're feeling a pinch in their budget. There's the cash flow constraints. that They feel like that hamster on the wheel going around and around. Because I see a lot of clients that will do things like liquidate assets that would otherwise be protected. So they take money out of RSPs. Mm-hmm. Um, or even if there's assets that aren't protected, but they could still maintain things like tax-free savings accounts, 
get that advice before you start doing that. And, and because what happens is I see a lot of people that will, for instance, take money out of an RSP, put it towards, you know, sprinkle it across the debt load. Mm-hmm. And then six months later, they're in. Whereas if they had not done that and waited to see me, that RSP would have been intact and, and it would have been saved for their retirement like it was intended. In the event of a, uh, of a consumer proposal, which is the mm-hmm. other official That's option right. from bankruptcy, in the event that you file and uh, the application is successful, are your RRSP savings separated from and intact from any debt repayment solutions? They are, they're totally protected. And so that's where... See, people don't know that. They don't. And it's very eye-opening for individuals when... And that's why I say come early, come as soon as you really are feeling the pinch, because you would be surprised how, really how gentle the process is. And the option of the consumer proposal is one that is very attractive, where you have assets that you're maintaining, you have steady income, and you want a fixed payment. You know, you're prepared to pay something. I mean, generally, of course, you pay less than what you owe, but mm-hmm. you are prepared to offer something. Oh, sure. And you just want control in your budget. You want the interest to stop and you want to be debt free. It is a plan. I always say to my clients, it's a five year plan to be debt free. And we can do it shorter than that, too. But generally, it's a five year payment plan. And uh, we, the transformation we see in our clients is, I mean, it's really, it's unbelievable. Uh, because well, if, you're, they, if you're sitting there, you're sitting there, you know, and feeling like the only person in the world this is happening to, and that tends to be part of the package, and, and, and you're just sort of s- s- being swallowed up by this debt quicksand thing you're trying to make your way through, I mean, you begin to feel pretty frustrated, pretty... Uh, incapable of solving things, and frankly, you are if you're in that deep. But the solution is actually, uh, I think, what I'm driving at here, I suppose, is what's the biggest impediment, Jennifer, from people making that call? You say when you start to feel the ground slipping out from under you, that's when you should call me and my colleagues at BDO First Call because that's when you can actually do something that may not even require a, a proposal. Just reorganize your, your cash flow. Yeah. But if that doesn't happen and that call is too late, then it's a whole different scenario, isn't it? Yeah, and I have to say one refrain that is so common in my practice is I hear clients say to me all the time, oh, I really wish I had done this sooner. Sure. I really wish I'd sought help So sooner. what's the big impediment? Well, is it it's embarrassment? It's a things. It's, it's fear, it's pride. It, I think there's a genuine sense people think that they're going to find to get themselves out of it, that you know, there's different methods for paying down debt. So it could be the snowball yeah, we'll pay, method. We'll, we'll where pay you, the gas bill this month and the phone bill next yeah, month. Yeah, we'll tackle and, and the lowest account and pay it bills. first, or we'll get the ones that have the high interest rate. We'll pay that one down first and that'll ease our budget. So there, there is already that budgeting happening. Sure, yeah. And there's a sense that, uh, I mean, there probably is a, a little bit of denial, but there is a genuine sense that they just don't feel like it's that bad. The other thing I hear a lot of is, well, I have great credit. My credit rating is, is amazing. I think there's a there's a bit of a misconception over the fact that having a great credit score does not actually necessarily mean you aren't in debt or you shouldn't be doing a proposal or mm-hmm. doing bankruptcy. Uh, TransUnion calls them the surprise insolvencies or surprise bankruptcies because a lot of folks that I help actually have really great credit scores. So your credit, you know, so your they've credit done a good rating job is, of servicing the debt up to this point, right? Because the credit report's only measuring the risk of default, sure. and so that's the other thing I think about is that people think, oh, I have a great credit report. My credit report is good. It's clean. I have a great credit score. So I don't need to consider bankruptcy or proposal. So what happens to that great credit score if life happens and you end up going bankrupt or the the the, the more uh, the other option, mm-hmm. filing a consumer proposal? How does that 
affect your credit reporting, your credit record? Well, it will be reported on your credit record. So for bankruptcy, it's six years from completion. And for a proposal, it's three years. But what we tell our clients to think about is the fact that when the debt is discharged, they don't their debt to income ratio improves. So from a lending standpoint, there's a multifaceted approach that a lender is going to take. They're going to look at income, expenses, mm-hmm. assets, the debt to income ratio. What is the current level of debt that uh, this person has in their name? Are they bumping right up to the credit limit on every account? Or is there a lot of available credit? They're, they're assessing all of these things. So if you've done a consumer proposal or bankruptcy and you've gotten yourself discharged, you've saved, you got money saved, mm-hmm. you've been slowly reestablishing on things like secure credit cards, you may have a secured car loan that you're paying, you are actually going to be more attractive to a lender if you go in and you have that money saved, you don't have any more debt. I mean, I see folks reestablishing credit only a few years after they've done an insolvency filing. So it seems to me that lenders are now knowledgeable and aware of bankruptcy and proposal. And mm-hmm. I don't think it's as, it's not as, as a taboo topic either. And we know that because we have record levels of debt, we're also seeing increased insolvency filings. So it's not as though lenders are surprised when they meet someone who's been in a proposal or bankruptcy. These are just occurrences that are happening across the country. And if an individual has good income, they have money saved, and they don't have any more debt in their name, they are going to reestablish. I mean, are we going to um, get a mortgage so two years finally? Well, maybe it. not, but you you are going to slowly build your right. credit. And then as you're you start not building- You're done for good. You're not done for good. Right, Absolutely right. not. Okay. And I can tell you that as well, we do have second time filers and third time filers. So obviously, individuals are able to um, incur, you know, obviously, there's usually a, a wide uh, time frame between filings, but certainly, I've met, we have clients that have filed bankruptcy twice. So- mm-hmm. Obviously, they were able to go in and and, uh, and establish credit and, and get loans and accounts in, in their name following a bankruptcy filing. So people can reestablish. Obviously, we don't want to see repeat filers, but I give it as an example that uh, there's a sense that uh, – if I do bankruptcy, I'm dead. I'll never get credit in my name ever again. And that's that's really not the case. It's a real misconception Interesting. Um, if folks feel that way. DebtSolutions.bdo.ca is Jennifer's website. Well, and all the other people who work there, too. DebtSolutions.bdo.ca. Can we find your phone number on this, or can you just give us Sure. Our number, number is 604-588-4275. Okay. And uh, they can just ask for Jennifer McCracken if they heard you on the radio and thought, man, that sounds like a kind of person I could like spend a little time with. And also, I think the other, we don't get a couple of seconds here, but the other important part to mention about all of this is a professional like yourself, you're not going to lecture someone on what a bad little boy or girl they've been. And gee, didn't you learn anything in grade school and all that nonsense? This is not a judgmental thing. This Mm -hmm. is let's get this thing fixed Mm -hmm. and get you back up and running again. Yeah, exactly. We come from a place of kindness and understanding how complex people's lives are. And again, going back to the fact that there's usually li- significant life issues, like it could be gambling, it could be illness, it could be, um, there, there's a variety of reasons, job loss, divorce. Uh, this is not just a situation where people go on shopping sprees and then they they come in and, and yeah. do filings. There's there's real significant sure. things. And uh, we come from a place of understanding, knowing that we, we're here to find a solution. We're not here to judge. Right. And we're here to walk you through what the options are and, and let you make an informed decision about what's going to work best for you. And more importantly, give you financial freedom. Because you'll be debt-free after you you do a proposal or bankruptcy. 604-588-4275. That is the number for BDO First Call. And you can ask for Jennifer McCracken if you'd like. And all the information in terms of contact points. There are eight offices in Mm -hmm. Metro Vancouver, for crying out loud. All available at debtsolutions.bdo.com. 
Ca. So lovely to see you, you again. Too. I hope it's not a year before you come back again. I hope I, I don't think it will be. So I'm looking forward to seeing you again. Excellent, Jennifer McCracken from BDO First Call, and we're back after this. And once again, our thanks to Jennifer McCracken from BDO First Call Debt Solutions for a very informative visit. Canadians are carrying unheard of levels of debt these days. Some of us aren't handling it successfully at all. Uh, Jennifer will be back, as she said, in a few weeks. John Carlson is on deck for our next hour. Time now, though, for Dooley Noted. And this time around, our producer, Ben Dooley, looks at a possible hydrogen train to Chilliwack. Thanks, Sterling. Well, the Surrey to Langley Skytrain extension is still very much in the early planning process, another group is pitching a passenger train linking Surrey with stations across the Fraser Valley. South Fraser Community Rail Group believes rapid transit could be built south of the Fraser River, utilizing the existing interurban rail that runs from Chilliwack to the Petulo Bridge at a fraction of the cost of Skytrain or even the light rail project that was scrapped last year. The group believes using hydrogen power would save on the expense of electrifying the entire 90-plus kilometer network of track. Rick Green, a former mayor of the township of Langley and spokesman for the South Fraser Community Rail Group, says the cars will be more expensive to buy, but cheaper to run, producing nothing but water as emissions. He believes all the pieces are in place, it's just a matter of political will to get it done. We're in the area of 12 to 14 million dollars a kilometer. We can put this into service, all in. Rolling stock, road closures, the whole nine yards, for about 1.3 billion dollars. The old interurban line was operated until the 1950s by the BC Electric Railway. The government-owned tracks were sold off, but a provision in the sales contract still allows for the reintroduction of passenger traffic. I'm Ben Dooley, and that's Dooley Noted. Thank you, Ben. Time for a couple more consumer quickies before the news. Amazon and Whole Foods Market have announced a third round of price cuts. That means new, lower prices on fresh produce for all customers. And while the focus of the price reduction was on the U.S., Whole Foods told our friends at the Daily Hive they've lowered prices on popular products in Canadian stores, too. As of today, stores will be offering lower prices on hundreds of items, emphasizing seasonal produce like greens, tomatoes, and the local summer stuff ahead. The plan is to maintain the consistent high quality while lowering as many prices as possible, which of course is always welcome news. Canada's biggest artisan and micro distillery event, the BC Distilled Festival, is underway all day today, bringing together 38 distilleries from across the province to give folks the chance to interact and taste samples from each and every one of them. Oh, 38. There's a there's a mission for you. BC Distilled has several unique features to look forward to in addition to the tasting such as the legacy liquor pop-up shop which will offer the best of selection of bc spirits anywhere in the province the bc distilled main tasting begins at six so there's still plenty of time to scoot over to the croatian cultural center for an evening of distilled fun lots more at bcdistilled.ca and that is our first hour produced by ben dooley with andrew ferreira at the controls thoughts and suggestions always welcome to sterling at cknw.com or tweet them to us at van consumer the news is coming right up john carlson will join us after that with a fresh vancouver market real estate update right here on vancouver consumer on cknw
The proceeding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW.